Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hey, Montana. The seven seconds of show prep we did as the intro was rolling should be sufficient for the next two hours. We're going to do some recruiting around the state of Montana. You're going to hear from the chick who doesn't know sports, and we're going to pick NBA games against the spread. How's that sound? Great? Fantastic. Hi. How are you? It is Tutel and Nuanas. It is 1029 ESPN Radio. It is SWX Montana Television, and it is a Friday heading into a long three-day weekend. If you're not in a good mood right now, I don't know if I can help you because it is, uh, well, it's a good day to be around. You know what I'm saying? Getting yourself ready for uh, Labor Day, for whatever it is that you're up to over there throughout the uh, you know state of Montana on this nice weekend. Hope you are uh, going to have a great one and, of course, a safe one. And thanks for uh, rolling with us here as we uh, ride downhill into your weekends. Tutel Nuan is ESPN Radio. If you are wanting to uh, participate in the show, then you go ahead and you do that 
on the phone. 361-3688, 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. You can also text that phone number, 361-3688, and uh, get us that way as well if you want to interact there. You can also go ahead and check us out on Twitter, at Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT. Tweet at us, and uh, we'll be happy to uh, hang out with you on the uh, Twitterverse. And if you'd like to listen live, you go to the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You can stream the show when it's on, and then the station anytime you would like to. Uh, you get it all the time live. Thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, we're going to get into some recruiting stuff. We uh, had Jeff Choate on the show on Wednesday as uh, part of our roundtable, and we've excised a small portion of that interview to play it again for you as it pertains to recruiting in the state of Montana this year and then in general. thought he had some interesting things to say, and uh, Coulter, I know that you want to talk about this recruiting in the state of Montana and compare and contrast, obviously, Montana and Montana State, but also, uh, you know, sort of broadly what it is to recruit now in 2020 in this time and age in the state of Montana at the uh, Big Sky Conference level. So we'll get into that. We'll get into some high school stuff. The the um, the trend, if we can call it that, at least early on around the state of Montana is a bit of a relaxation of some of the rules governing the number of spectators at high school sporting events. Specifically, I think football would be the one that would, you know, most pertinent, probably have the most fans trying to get to. And uh, they're uh, slowly but surely allowing more and more. So we'll get into some of the specifics as those have come around. We'll talk a little bit more about Grizz Greats. Again, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions podcast. It is out now. There's just the first couple of episodes. Mick Holine, Andy Larson, Coulter, and I doing a little a small introductory episode to kind of set the table for the whole thing. But we are pumped up to roll those out. We uh, were fortunate enough to uh, interview Dave Dickinson earlier this week, and uh, his will be coming out later on as we got a bunch of these set up in about, I don't know, what are about a dozen now? Now that we've mm-hmm. gotten finished and we're going to start uh, rolling these things out uh, fast and furious for you. So I want to take you down that road a little bit. Top of the hour, NBA picks against the spread. Things not going good for the top seeds. My goodness, in the NBA uh, and also the Clippers, a hot knife through butter. Maybe not all that surprising given the short turnaround for the Denver Nuggets, but uh, nonetheless, they looked great last night in their winning uh, the first game of the Western Conference semifinal matchup against the Nuggets. And also... The chick who doesn't know sports back with a vengeance on a Friday afternoon, so we'll get to her as well. Hi, Coulter. Nice to see you. Where's your floco? In my tummy. I was Same. I was very, very tired, and when you brought this uh, iced coffee to me. Plum Florence Coffee. It's our Florence Coffee Company Friday afternoon coffee break. I said, God bless you, and thank you to the Florence Coffee folks, mm-hmm. because this was, this was not a matter. Usually coffee is a luxury. Uh, actually, I shouldn't even say that. About 50% of the time, coffee's a luxury. The other 50% of the time, like it was for me today, 100% necessity. Like, <laughs> Why just, is it? Just had, I don't know, man. Like, it's hot outside. You get to afternoon. Well, the, 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 the time is, of though, day. The, mo- the, the moon is full, so I'm like, whenever the mo- moon is full... To the moon for me. Okay, well, I don't have... I don't react to any of that stuff. Uh, here's what I do know, though, that for me, the, the, the danger zone, like when I'm driving, when I'm doing road trips, is just the absolute dead middle of the afternoon. Mm, you know, really? if, I, if I'm driving and it's yeah. hot outside and you kind of get the sun going and it's just like, man, it's just like, and then if, you know, when you get through that and then I feel great, I can go for quite a while into the evening and night, but but that, that afternoon deal... Bad news. And I get it, it not when I'm just kind of in general depending. I mean, I had to wake up at about 
could have been almost eight o'clock this morning to get the kids <laughs> ready for for school. So my Only daughter, dad, can, on can, the I, can I tell you this? Sleep till eight thirty. This is day. unbelievable, man. This is so great. I love my children, but I might have a particular soft spot in this respect for my middle child, uh, who's my five year old daughter, who's just started kindergarten now last week and now into mm-hmm, this week. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I woke up. Now, the first day of school was last week, but this is kind of the first sort of rhythmic week of school, if you want to put it like that, and they, they're kind of doing two days in, two days out. So this is kind of the first, you know, big week of school for them. And I wanted to uh, break my streak of tardies uh, of getting my kids to school, just, and just I, wanted, that I just along, wanted to huh? start just I just wanted to start strong in the school year. So I set my alarm to get up. About an hour before school started, I set out the kids' clothes because um, my, my wife is doing some work. She's working in the morning, so I'm kind of the one who's who she's who's doing it a little bit. And so I set out the clothes the night before, so we were ready to go. And I woke up and I got you know got the kids dressed and went up and said, "Okay, so what do we want to have for breakfast? We're going to get ourselves a nice breakfast." And 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 uh, you know we got time here half an hour before we need to, to leave to uh, to get something going and uh, and then my children inform me we'll know we ha- we're getting breakfast at school mm. and you could pull the Brooks new on us and just double down I just started screaming I was like you mean we could still be asleep and Zoe my my kindergartner losing her proverbial mind in just the depths of despair that she could also too have still been asleep why am i awake i don't want to be here and we just held each other in commiseration thinking about the minutes of sleep that we missed because we woke up too early anticipating needing to eat prior to leaving well it's like when there's this narrative that teenagers sleep all day but it's because you've never stayed up late in your life before and now you start staying up late because you start defying the concept of bedtime now all of a sudden you stay up till two in the morning for the first time well hell yeah you're sleep till noon because like, you've been used to sleeping yep. for nine hours yep. your whole life and now you're just staying up later your daughter is the most amazing i've ever seen because she goes to bed early just like a child <laughs> eight o'clock and sleeps till 10 the next day 14 was, hours of sleep it was this morning was bad because she was excited to get up yesterday because it was like school you know she's so yeah. pumped up about it yeah today tears and anger that mm. being awake at at it well, was you know that's a good start. a shade prior that's to eight a.m. So she's fine. Anyway, all that to say, thank goodness for coffee. Yeah, thank goodness for coffee. We got Florence Coffee coffee beans here. The, if you're watching on TV, I got the bag, but they sell the beans there as that's well. Right. So we both had our iced americanos. I guess you had a latte today. I latte. I, got, I drank whatever you brought me. Yeah, uh, I think that the Proud Boys back there. Nursing a lotus a little bit. We we're kind of having a three-way but this share is, session on this the lotus. This is the thing right here where, you know, it's easy. You go to the coffee stands, and you're like, I want a coffee right now. Yeah. But also, uh, Florence Coffee, coffee beans, coffee grounds, outstanding. You take them with you. You got them right there. You don't have to go, you know, to the store. You got to make sure that you got it, you know, uh, uh, that you're well-stocked. I've had this happen before. It's a complete tragedy in the two-tell household where you get up, you think you're going to make coffee, and you find out, oh, my goodness, we got no coffee. Yeah. Avoid that, okay? Yeah, That's yeah. not a landmine you want to step on. So go over there to the Florence Coffee Company and get yourself set up. Uh, Coulter. Well, sucks recruiting. I, I, I'll, I'll steer it for you since okay. I, I told you we were doing recruiting. I didn't really prep you on how we were going to do it. I mean, so I'll just steer I us just through this. Assume. So I, I want to give a little bit of an update on, on both Montana, Montana state when it comes to football recruiting. Okay. Because I thought, you know, Jeff Choate joined us on the ESPN round table earlier this week. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, we talked about a lot of different things, but I thought the most interesting part was when we talked to him about recruiting in the state of Montana, he affirmed my evaluation that there's more prospects this year than there has been before. But I also thought Choate made a couple open-ended comments, which I won't tease too hard. Um, Do just, you have the capability to well, soft tease? Because, because, because Choate, he lays it all out for you. But I thought that a lot of the things he was saying, he was talking broadly, but I thought he was referring to the University of Montana. For example, one comment he made was, some schools have decided they're just going to go in-state and, out of the, out, and recruit out of the portal. And that's what Montana's doing. Montana has, I think, two out-of-state commits, and the rest are in-state guys. But they've also... So I guess I have a question for you before we get into the Montana guys and this narrative. Yeah. To me, mid-year guys, which are going to be junior college qualifiers or FBS drop-downs, those guys are sort of 50-50 guys, right? In other words, they're not part of this class because they, they're joining the team before they even sign, right? They're going to be on campus in January, and then they officially sign in February with all the high school class that then doesn't join the team till August. So when you're recruiting guys like that, yeah, a lot of people have asked me around town, hey, why do the Grizz only have six commits? Well, that's kind of true, but they actually have like 16 commits because 10 of these guys are transfers that are already within the program. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, think of just that sort of way of doing things? It seems like Bobby Houck is kind of taking advantage of, rather than trying to evaluate out-of-state high school kids, let's go find kids that we have previous relationships with that maybe you know he had cross paths with at UNLV or like he's he, maybe he has a coach from his time at UNLV that suggested a kid, let's go get those guys as transfers. Over the past uh, couple, three years, and certainly with the the expectation of the one-time transfer waiver rule coming into effect, if you are not recruiting out of the portal, you are not doing your job, period. Right. And so that this is just what it is. You can love it or hate it, but that's a fact. And And I don't care what sport you're in. If you aren't, I mean, you you have to be or have to have staff who are in and on the portal at all times, period. 24 hours a day, you get the alert, bang. Okay? It has to, it's just just what it is. And so, no, I I mean, I I think that you can want to recruit out of high school and build a program that's a four- and a five-year program, and you should. And especially in the state of Montana, particularly with the in-state crew. But you have to... You have to get it that way. And I'll say this. We know that there's positions of great strength that Montana produces, and there are positions that they don't produce in this state very often. And you generally had to find that either out of state in terms of recruiting or in a transfer. So the portal and and the new age of recruiting in, in the era of transfers, if you want to call it that, I think is can be very beneficial to the Montana schools in in that respect because now it is coming to you, so to speak. At least the the knowledge of it, the availability of it, it is there. So, uh, I, I, you know, that's that's what it is. So I think that they do a great job at the University of Montana of that, and 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 might be a little bit ahead of the curve in that respect. And this is how Bobby Houck uh, got his put his stamp on things when he took over Joe Glenn the first time too. He filled in. They took, Montana took a lot more transfers early than late. Bobby Houck's first quarterback was a transfer. Craig, the first really good quarterback when he first came around, Craig Oaks from Colorado, mm-hmm. led him to the national championship game in 2004, Bobby's second year. He does the same thing with Dalton Sneed. I think Montana had a chance to be a Final Four team, if not better, a year ago. Well, they Sneed, clearly had Sneed, a chance to be a Final Four team. Yeah, I, mean, they, I mean, they were they were a touchdown away from being a Final Four team, even with Dalton Sneed playing on one leg. But 
Hauk brought in a lot of transfers early. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at the 2008 and 2009 teams, what were those teams defined by? They were defined by four-year high school guys, the majority, the vast majority of whom were from Montana. Mm. And we've talked about this a lot. That's what happens when you get to the point where of Coach Hauk's program where he wants it to be. It's that it's so hard to even break onto the practice squad to even get onto the team that's running against the ones. And then it, it spurs on the internal competition so hard. Mm-hmm. When, when you're in a program and you see a guy like Shan Schillinger and how talented he is, and he's not even starting until he's a fourth year junior, it shows you, it really eliminates a lot of ego. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when, when you see Croy Bierman, I mean, this guy, he looks like a statue, and he still doesn't start till he's a third-year sophomore. There's not a lot of this entitlement, like, I deserve more playing time when I'm a redshirt freshman. It ain't happening. Is it better to get to the NFL or to get the reality show? Oh, man, way better to be in the NFL. Croy Beer was in the NFL for 10 years out of Hardin, Montana. It's one of the most amazing stories in the history of the state of Montana. I understand, but he's on TV. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not my shtick. Good for him, I mean, it's though. not a shtick. It's his life. It's reality. Yeah. Uh, regardless. You uh, think they write reality TV? Come on. No. It, I'm not surprised Coach Halk and his staff are doing it this way, and I think that they will continuously gravitate toward then having mostly four-year guys from regional high schools. Yeah, and there, I don't think there's any question that that's what it, I, I think just about any coach would want, right? Every coach wants just his, you know, his group that that, that they've recruited out of high school that come there and stay there and and do it and create you know buy yeah. into the culture and run the thing. I don't know. If, I don't. I don't know if necessarily know if that's true though. In the Big Sky, I think it's about two thirds wood and two thirds, or one third is kind of how they want it to be. I mean, like Portland State, for example, you're just not going to get a lot of in-state developmental guys. You're not running a developmental program. You're using the city to draw guys with high pedigrees to your campus. 100%. All like at Portland State, you want to pa- recruit Patrick Onwasa. You want to recruit the guy who's a four-star recruit who got in trouble in Arizona and can come be FCS Defensive Player of the Year. But what I, all I'm saying is there's a bunch of schools that can't do it the way that we're talking about. But I'd, I mean, if you asked Bruce Barnum, hey, would you love to have a program where you could yeah. just recruit high schoolers and just build them up and have four- and five-year guys starting on your on your football team? I would think his answer would be yes. And right? he's done a better job of that, too, and that's the number one reason why I think that Portland State's going to be better than people give him credit for whenever we actually get around to playing again. But but anyways, no, you are correct. So, But, but again, at the end of the day, even, even in three, four, five, six years of Bobby Houck's second tenure here when he's got the program in terms of of personnel uh uh in state who've you know who he recruited as juniors and seniors in high school that are juniors and seniors in college with in terms of their eligibility he is going to be more than just peppering in transfers portal guys etc uh, because that's going to be a necessity in order to have the level of skill that he's, you know, that, that the program needs to be nationally elite, which is what, you know, which is, I think, where they're at, but obviously where they want to go to. This this is a, a one of the greatest compliments I could give to Bobby Houck's program. Almost every coach will tell you the best man is going to play. That's, by and large, only a little bit of the majority of the truth. I'd say it's 60-40 at most programs where the best guy is going to play. Most programs, the guy who the program is the most invested in, particularly by financially, is going to get a much better chance to play. They'll, they'll get more chances to make mistakes. The best 
compliment I could give Bobby Houck's program is it is 100% true at Montana. He does not care if he brought in three former four-star guys who used to play in the Power Five, who maybe even freaking started, and you're a undersized, slow walk-on from Kalispell or something, you still, if you produce in practice, you will play. And we saw it last year. What did they do the first recruiting season? They completely loaded up on edge guys. They got Joe Babros, who, you know, I test, wow, you know, 6'4", 260. He looks like a dude. And he's, he's, a, he's a pretty good, okay player. Mason Vineyard from Washington State. Also, I test, looks great. You know, they brought in all these guys, and who's the dude who leads them in sacks? The kid who called up the program and begged his way onto the team because Bob Stitt wouldn't give him a chance, Patrick mm-hmm. O'Connell. Mm-hmm. But that's where that's where they. What I'm getting at though is the reason that's so important is you can bring in transfers and it doesn't disrupt the harmony of your team because if Moses Mallory does win the starting guard spot, he won it. Yeah. But then if Joe Barros doesn't win the starting DN spot and Patrick O'Connell does, he also won it. And so everybody knows that the playing field is – there is no preconceived notion for the players on the squad. To tell Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio, the key to that too, Coulter, isn't just doing it, but it's believing it as a yes. coaching staff. This is such a stupid comparison. I know this ahead of time, okay? But I play fantasy football, so it's what I do. Austin Eckler, at least from a fantasy standpoint, is better than Melvin Gordon. But you just don't buy that he is better than Melvin totally, Gordon totally, until totally, totally. So, until six weeks go by and you go, well, I don't know what to say. He's still doing it. And this guy who's the first round pick out of Wisconsin isn't doing it. I mean, he's a great player. OK, sure, but sure. Not, he's not doing it at the same level. And I think one thing that Coach Houck and his staff historically and now are are tremendous at is going yeah, no, we're going to go with Patrick O'Connell. We buy that he is, at least at this very moment in time, the guy that we want to have on the field because there's a lot of times I don't even think it's – I don't think it's just lip service that they're going to say the best guy is going to play, but I think it's hard to get yourself to believe that the guy who's three inches shorter and 30 pounds lighter is actually the better option, you know? Yep, yep. Well, And, and there's validity to both sides as well, though, yeah. too. I mean, like you look at what Montana State's done, and Jeff Choda's a recruiting machine. And I do think that Montana State, a little bit, Chote, by and large, is a best guy's going to play. But if he has guys that he's truly invested in, that he know could be transcendent players mm-hmm. that hit bumps in the road, he sticks with them. And that's, and that's not to say he gives predisposed advantages, but a little bit of it is true. But that's not a bad thing. What I'm saying is if Travis Johnson is playing at Montana, right, wrong, or indifferent, when he slips on the ice and breaks his foot and then does it again, and then he's just not practicing ever, he's so likely not going to be able to earn his way back up into the full rotation. Don't get me wrong. He's an unbelievably, unbelievable athlete. So he'll find a way to get reps, but he's not going to start over Sammy Kim or Samari Torrey or even probably Mitch Roberts if he has practiced as little as he did at Montana State. Yeah. Whereas, but this, and I'm not, this is not a criticism of Hauk or Choate. It's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. Choate stuck with him, but then once he got healthy, what does he do? He's the best all-purpose player in the entire league. Yeah, I mean, tremendous special teamer, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, playing everything, quarterback, wide receiver, all of it. So so I have I have one more little discussion to have with you about the way the teams are recruiting. But first, let's talk a little bit about who each team has. So quickly, I'll go through it. But do you want to hear from Jeff Choate I, I no? do, I do, okay. but I want to just tell you about these kids that are committed right now. Okay. Real, we're just going to go through the names real quick just to give No commercials today, boys and girls. We're going to Labor Day. We're all coffeeed up. We're just going to go straight two hours and send you on your way, okay? All right. For Montana, they got six verbal commits right now. But like I said, they had 10 transfers as well. So the, the class numbers are about equal in reality. 
reality. Yeah. But Montana right now, they have commitments from TJ Roush, who's an athlete who will probably play receiver, two-star kid out of Sentinel. Daniel Britt, who's a guy we haven't really talked to much yet. I am efforting to get him on the show. He's a quarterback out of Henderson, Nevada, the Las Vegas area. Two-star yep. guy. Yep. But he led Liberty High School to the state championship. That's an amazing feat because Bishop Gorman has Bishop Gorman yeah. has won every state championship of the decade <laughs> until Liberty High School beat him. So that's an amazing accomplishment for him yep. to do that. Yep. Declan McCabe is a tight end slash long snapper from Midway, Texas. That's impactful to me because Montana has not recruited in Texas since Joe Glenn was here. But Brent Pease recruited in Texas a lot when he was in the SEC, as well as when he was at UTEP. People kind of forget about that step where he was at UTEP for a year. So he does have Texas ties. So not surprised that there are dipping their toe in in Texas. The other three for the Grizz, Kellen Dietrich, who's a three-star guy out of Haver, Montana, defensive end. Big uh, get. The best player Big in Class get. A. Yep. Jace Klusiewicz from Frenchtown by way of Missoula Sentinel. Those are the two best in-state recruits the Grizz got. And then they also have Geno Leonard, who's a guy who's – Never going to get any stars because he's a five foot eleven, two hundred twenty pound linebacker. You know, stocky kid. Oh, you mean a Grizz linebacker? Yeah, right, right, right. Well, that's five eleven, two twenty. That's the thing. Coming out of high school, no one recruited the guy, yeah. and I think it's perfect. Yeah, because he he fits the mold of exactly what Bobby Houck wants. Yeah, like Bobby just drove down to Sentinel and said, "Hey, buddy, I bet you want to be a Grizz your whole life." And the kid probably said, "Absolutely, let's go." Yeah, you know, easy recruitment. So those are the six for the. Uh, for the Grizz, including four from in-state. For the Cats, I'll just give you the uh, in-state guys instead of all 12 of them. So we got Elijah Reynolds from Red Lodge, tight end. Eli Abbey from Laurel. He's a quarterback safety. Cade Cutler from Phillipsburg. He's an athlete, probably play receiver. Jace Fitzgerald from Dillon. He's an athlete. He'll probably play receiver. Uh, or maybe outside linebacker. Jace Fisher. He's got to play on the line. He's about 6'5", 300 already. He's from Troy, Montana. Probably, so. probably not a wideout. Yeah, he'll be he'll be offensive or defensive line. Paul Brott, who's the youngest of the Brott brothers, mm-hmm. Wilson and Mitch, both played at Montana State. Paul Brott out of Billings West. He's a D-end. Uh, and then they also have the Neil Daly kid, who actually started his career in Missoula, Missoula Sentinel, standout track guy as a sophomore, uh, all-state defensive end at Billings West last year as a junior. He's a three-star guy. That's a pretty good one. And then the gem of Montana State's class, Kenneth Hyden. He's a three-star guy out of Bozeman. He's the defensive player of the year yep. in class AA. But I've said all along that there's usually four to five really elite kids in Montana. This year, I think there's nine. There's usually 10 to 12 guys that are scholarship-type guys. This year, I think there's 16 or 18. And we've been talking about this a lot, but we asked Jeff Choate about it, and he sort of affirmed the notion that we've already uh, held to be true. And we're going to hear from Coach Choate on the other side. It's 2 Tell New Want Us, 102.9 ESPN Radio. We'll continue this conversation uh, and, uh, and hear from Jeff Choate in our coach's corner right after this. Boys and girls, it is Labor Day weekend. You know what that means? you got three days to do whatever you want to do, and what you should do right now is go to Kurtz Polaris and start your weekend right. 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. It is going to be a beautiful weekend. You're going to get out of town. You're going to go up in the mountains. You're going to go to the lakes, rivers, etc. You got to get off-road, okay? Well, how you do that is you go to Kurtz Polaris. All their side-by-sides and machines, perfect for this time of year, for the fall that's coming up. Razors, Rangers, Generals, the entire line of Polaris side-by-sides for your enjoyment, fun, and adventure at Kurtz Polaris. You also get yourself dirt bikes, Husqvarna and Beta dirt bikes there at Kurtz Polaris, the best in the industry, and yes, they still got Crest pontoon boats. Also, top-of-the-line pontoon boats, the uh, the perfect way to enjoy water, especially in the state of Montana. You know, we are a landlocked state, as they say. You're not going out on the open ocean. You're going to chill out 
throw your lure in the water, spend a few hours out on the lake on a crest pontoon boat, have a great time there. Curse Polaris summer, the way you always envision. Labor Day weekend, the way you always envision. With Kurtz Polaris online at KurtzPolaris.com. I know you can't talk about specific recruits, but... For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. Hey, you are really making nice with the with the video camera today, Coulter. Like you yesterday, you go to a photo shoot, and now all of a sudden you're a new person. You're all about it. Well, you know, I uh, been hanging on for dear life these last six months, and then I realized today that it's Labor Day weekend, and that's usually the last weekend of the summer. And I'm not covering a Grizz football game tomorrow. I'm not covering a Bobcat football game tomorrow. I am not driving to the Gorge in Washington to watch Dave Matthews. That's about as bad as it can get for me. But I decided, let's just be happy and do something else. Just be happy. Well, you know, you're going to celebrate your nephew's birthday. That's right. I'm I'm going to hang out with my family all weekend. i got multiple rounds of golf, which, by the way, Tina, I'm inviting Ryan right now to go all three days. (laughs) I hope you can at least say yes to one. I haven't even heard about that. I know. But, Tina, if you let Ryan go, I still haven't seen his new putter. So I would like to see that. Man. I uh, I feel very good about the way I'm rolling it right now. I will tell you. Thank you. Well, good. Sure. You need to get hot because actually this is a perfect segue for this because uh, we definitely we need to do this next Friday, September 11th. Yep. The round ball tournament at the Ranch Club. It's a fundraiser for the University of Montana men's basketball team. Yep. Uh, $200 per player or $800 per team. Uh, you can look up Anderson Clark, graduate assistant for the University of Montana. If you just go to gogrizz.com, men's basketball, Anderson's contact information is right there. He can get you set up. They still have a couple holes left to sponsor. It's about $200 per hole to sponsor a hole. And they still have, I think, two slots left for teams. So okay. if you're a business owner in town or you want a good day to get out, this is a great fundraiser because University of Montana men's basketball team is about as good as it gets in the city of Missoula right now. Now, and uh, this is a great way for them to raise money during these uncertain times. And so go give them your support. We're going to be playing next week, so we'll be there. You can ham it up with us. But it should, should be a great tournament. Who do you think the best golfer on the staff is? On the Grizz basketball staff? Yeah. Cobb or Flores, right? Um, I don't know, man. Zach Payne could probably hit it a ways, though. He's big, dude. He is big, but I mean, sometimes... The- can't see Travis... I can't see Coach DeCure play much golf just because Coach DeCure's pretty much always recruiting and watching film and doing basketball things. Yeah, Cobb never does anything. I'm sure he's just golfing all the time. <laughs> Good insinuation. Cobb's, Cobb's Good a, insinuation. Cobb's a recruiting machine, too. I don't know. I always thought this. Uh, anytime I ever met a Division I coach who was lights out at golfing, that's probably not a good omen. Yeah. Bob Stitt's the best golfer i ever seen. <laughs> it's time for an opportunity bank coach's corner. Uh, and the coach's corner uh, is uh, going to feature here Jeff Choate. And again, we are going to just continue this recruiting conversation. I thought there's a lot of good stuff that we you know, kind of covered both in terms of philosophy and in just reality in the first segment. But again, I think from the perspective of a guy who 
is a head coach in the state of Montana who was a high school head coach and has thoughts about you know the the, the preparing of athletes for Division One football, college football, and then also has been you know University of Washington, Boise State, all these you know uh, you know FBS levels. So uh, here you go, just a couple of, of comments or uh, questions and, and answers from Jeff Choate from. Uh, from, from our conversation Wednesday. Per some of the numbers that he throws out here, there's 12 commits from the state of Montana right now, eight from Montana State, four from Montana. And he talks about thinking there's you know, 16, 17, 18 kids in the state. So that's fun news for us because that means there's a lot of guys out there left that they're still going to be going after. And then he also says that they have 16 or 17 verbal commits. I got four, I got 13 on my table. So that means there's a couple unknowns out there as well. So just a little teases for uh, right. news to come, I suppose. Here we go, Jeff Joe. I know you can't talk about specific recruits, but in general, do you feel like the state of Montana is, uh, it seems to me from a broad perspective that it's it's better than it has been a lot of really good talent in the state. What's your evaluation just overall of high school football prospects in the state of Montana this year? Yeah, I I would agree with that assessment. And I think, you know, in my going into my fifth year or whatever that's going to look like, uh, you know, there's been some really good years. And then there's been some kind of some lean years. And I think this is one of those really good years. I think there's a, there's more, uh, FCS Division One type football players, body types, etc., in the state than on on an average year. I'd say, at, at an average year, you're probably looking at, you know, quite honestly, between six and ten at the most. Uh, whether that be guys that are fulls, that are partials, I and mean, you know, you're gonna take some, you're gonna take some reaches on some guys because you believe in who they are, um, and usually they make you look right because if they're not, if they are who you think they are, they're gonna they're gonna overachieve. And then this year, I would say, you know, you can make an argument that there's as many as 15 guys, uh, 16, 17 even maybe. So, and, and who knows? And the kid, these kids are actually getting to play some football, so they're they're going to get some senior film that other people aren't. So I do I do believe I think your assessment's correct that this is a better year than the average year in Montana. You know, Jeff, you used to be a high school coach for many years, and then you've been, you know, to the highest reaches of college football as well in your coaching career. When you look around the state at the high school level, how good a job, or what are the strengths that you would you say of the coaches at large in terms of their development of high school players to prepare to play Division One football, and maybe some of the places where uh, they could use a little more work? Yeah, I think that just throughout the state, I mean, it doesn't matter where you go and. Now, I know they weren't able to have the MCA clinic. We did virtual clinics once a week all through the spring, and I think we averaged around 75 guys on those uh, virtual clinics. And so that speaks to the commitment that these guys have to their to their programs and their players. And they, they want to be better. They want to be. Uh, they want to bring new ideas. They want to, you know, have best practices in mind. And I think they take a lot of pride in that in this state. And it's uh, everybody knows everybody, and I think that kind of breeds a certain type of competition and a really healthy type of competition because it's not like you can, you know, hate somebody and never have to see them. You're going to have to sit down across from them at the all league meeting or, you know, run into them at the grocery store or out on, on the, uh, on the Madison river fishing or something. And so I think everybody, there's kind of this esprit de corps within the coaching ranks in the state of Montana that I don't know exists a lot of places. A lot of them went to school together, kind of homegrown themselves. And so I think that really leads to, uh, it's not just a football program in Helena or great falls or, or, or Dillon or Frenchtown, it's really um, kind of Montana football, if that makes sense, that these guys all take a great deal of pride in Montana football, and uh, they work together to make the game better, and I think that's interesting and unique for uh, for our situation here in the state of Montana. And, uh, and then, you know, kind of on the downside, I think it's just about, 
you know, really it's about promoting the game. And it's hard sometimes in smaller communities to get youth football going so, or flag football. And, uh, and there's so many different ways that kids are pulled nowadays. And I really believe that one of the things I've talked about, that football community in Montana, I really think that's one of the things that we're going to have to do from Coach Alec, myself, all the Frontier Conference schools, all the way down to, to six-man football, is we've got to do some things to help preserve this game and keep it, its popularity and its numbers going so that we can have these great classes that are, you know, have a bunch of kids that have the opportunity to go on and play Division One football. And so I think that's, if there's a downside, I think that's, we work together really well to make the product as good as we can make it. Now let's work together really well to, to promote this game and keep our numbers where they need to be. There you go, Jeff Choate, Montana State Head Football Coach. It's our Opportunity Bank Coach's Corner. Opportunity Bank, your Mont- local bank, your opportunity. And uh, Coulter, a couple of things there. First of all, I thought you know what he was talking about, about in general, the need to create or maybe cultivate, uh, uh, better said, a football community of kids that are playing the sport, that are into it, and that, you know, are, are you know, fans of the game, enjoy playing the game, so that you continue to have, you know, the numbers that you need at every level. I mean, in order to, f- to have Montana and Montana State be good football teams that have a significant base of their team from the state of Montana, you need to have the high school and thereby the middle school with, with lots of kids playing football. And I understand a lot of the complexities or questions that are being asked about why, why not, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I think that in terms of the, uh, 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 the camaraderie, the team aspect of it, and what the sport is, I understand what he's, what he's getting at there. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree. And mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. uh, it would be, uh, you know, an awesome thing for them to create something when it, you know, to come together in that, to cultivate the sport in that respect. That said, he also touched on prior to that, a bunch of the different ways that recruiting it, it sort of touched on the way, different ways that they are recruiting that he thinks recruiting is taking place in general, both in the state and, and broadly speaking. Yep. What do you see as the differences between the way that Montana recruits, the way that Montana state recruits? Well, uh, first of all, it was a great point by you and to follow up on a great point by Choate, it is really important to keep the health of the game alive, especially in rural places like Montana that has incredibly rural towns where high school football is is one of the most healthy and uh, community-driven aspects of the town. I mean, go to Dillon on a Friday night, man. How many people live in Dillon? 8,000? Yeah. I bet you half the town is at the football game. Yep. And the other half is working at the restaurant asking what's the score of the football game. Yeah. It's huge, and it's not just about the sport. It's not just about the violence and the entertainment and all that. It's about the community, and so it is a big deal. And I think it's easy to say, oh, kids are just lazy now. They're playing too many video games, but also, I thought Choate nailed it. Kids are pulled in a lot of directions now. Like, you're in Bozeman, Montana right now. You can play lacrosse. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. Your family might not say, hey, your family might say, you not cannot play football and lacrosse. Maybe play hockey. Mm-hmm. It's expensive, too. Mm-hmm. You have to make a commitment to something. There's more options for kids in Montana. So I definitely think that point is accurate. I also thought when Choate said that uh, a lot of programs are just sitting there waiting on the portal, I think that Montana is doing that by and large. I, Montana is recruiting high school kids for sure. They've done a really good job. Of, I mean, as Choate explained there, a lot of times there's kids that are drawn this way, drawn that way, you know, allegiances to one program or the other. Sure. Jace Kluswich's dad played at Montana. You got to get Jace Kluswich. Got to get him. Period. You cannot let him go to the Cats. 
And Kellen Dietrich, you know, Haver is a is a Grizz town because Mike Tillman has such a huge influence up there. Mark Mariani is one of the greatest Grizzlies of all time and one of the great stories from Montana. So you got to get the kid from Haver. And some of the other kids, you know, like Montana didn't really recruit some of the other kids. Like the Eli Abbey kid from Laurel, Eliza Reynolds kid from Red Lodge. Not a lot of recruitment of those guys because I think that they just kind of figured, oh, those guys are probably partial scholarship guys that are going to go to Montana State. So let's pool our resources. Montana State, on the other hand, they did a really good job of getting an early wave of in-state kids. I think that those kids in towns like Laurel and Red Lodge, uh, that's that's a good area for them to pull from if they can dominate that southeastern corner of the state. That's that's a good thing for Montana State since Montana has a pretty good hold on some other higher population areas in the state. Getting Cade Cutler from Phillipsburg is a good get because you know he could have gone either yeah. way. That was a guy that was recruited by both schools. You know, Jace Fitzgerald's dad played for Montana, but his brother and his sister both played at Montana State. So you know family ties both sides. But Jace Fitzgerald ultimately chose to go to. Uh, to Montana State, and then you got Paul Brott. I don't think the Grizz even really gave much of a sniff because you're talking about third brother in a row. I mean, Wilson and Mitch both had great careers, so they probably tell their brother, man, it was awesome. We love playing for Choate. We love doing the thing. So um, in terms of the out-of-state guys, though, that's what's interesting to me. We mentioned um, Daniel Britt, the quarterback from Vegas, coming to the Grizz. Well, that's a direct correlation. That makes sense, right? Bobby Hawks recruited that high school. He's recruited that area. All right, you don't have to spend too many resources to recruit during the COVID times on getting this kid. Declan McCabe, we haven't had a chance to talk to him yet, but he did do an interview with our buddy Sean Rainey, SWX Montana, and he said, you know, I had heard about Montana. Coach P's really sold me on Montana. All right, makes sense. Look at Montana State's out-of-state guys. Jimmy Beal's the new recruiting coordinator there at Montana State. Jimmy Beal, before spending last season at South Dakota State, was at Northern Arizona for a really long time. He mm-hmm. played his ball at Montana State, but he worked for Jerome Sowers at NAU for a while. That's a direct correlation to them getting three kids from the state of Arizona. Jimmy Butler basically did, or Jimmy, excuse me, Jimmy Beal basically just said, hey, I was recruiting at NAU. I'm at somewhere better now. Right. Check it out. And so I think that's directly correlated. And then you look at their other two out-of-state guys, Sean Austin, who's a quarterback from Kuna, Idaho, and Titan Fleischman from Pocatello. Jeff Choate, his, his roots run deep in Idaho. He's from Idaho. He coached high school football in Idaho for more than a decade. Because he went to Montana Western, a lot of his former teammates are now coaching in Idaho. They have that Meridian um, Boise pipeline because mm-hmm. several of the coaches down there are Montana Western guys. So that makes sense, too. You're just pulling guys from areas that you know. So I think both these programs, the point is both these programs are taking advantage of the advantages that they have in a time where a lot of teams don't have really any advantages at all. Sutel Nuwana is 1029 ESPN Radio. Breaking news. Um, hopefully not literally. Giannis Antetokounmpo has just rolled his ankle. Stop. He is still in the game, happily. He did not step on anybody's foot. He tried to come to a stop. He got a foul call, which was a phantom call, I must say. He fell on his own, but went down on his own. That was a terrifying moment for any Bucks fan. If you are wondering, 15-11, Milwaukee down in an 0-2 hole. Absolutely got to have it. They are up, now up one. Miami just hit a three-pointer, so 15-14 midway through the first quarter very early there. Obviously, we will keep you apprised of what is happening in this basketball game. We will speak more directly about it at the top of the hour. Coulter, thank you for the uh, recruiting considerations, thoughts, comparisons, overlays. You got it. Quick break on the other side. 
We'll give you a little high school roundup, especially for you fans, parents, friends, family, etc., in terms of attending games this fall, whatever the sport may be next. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Good to be with you on a Labor Day Friday. I mean, does it get better than this where you're like anticipating three-day weekend? I mean, if I was on my way to the gorge, it might. But other than that, nope, doesn't get any better. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's a better situation to not be going to Dave Matthews than to be going to Dave Matthews. That, of course, is crazy. What I am saying is... Sometimes when I've had something scheduled, even if it was something that I was looking for, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden I find myself with like just nothing to to scheduled to do. Yeah, what a what a great moment of freedom. Yeah, the uh, there's a couple reasons why I was exceptionally stoked on this year's Dave Matthews because anybody listens to this show, they know I've I've made the pilgrimage each of the last three <laughs> years after being a gigantic Dave Matthews fan for more than a decade, and. Uh, I will say last year I left the gorge with entirely mixed emotions. It was a phenomenal time. Uh, the first night of the show was no question the best live performance I've ever seen of any sort. And uh, it was honestly borderline emotional because I was loving it so much. I was there with one of my best friends and, and we were loving it. But it's supposed to be emotional. Well, 100%. But when we were driving back, I was thinking, man... First of all, I'm not as young as I used to be. Second of all, the emotional exhaustion is far outweighs the physical hangover. And uh, But the reason I was excited for this year was, first of all, when we had first started making these plans, that was when the football season had not been completely postponed, just the game's that were scheduled for tomorrow. So mm. I wasn't going to have to be playing hooky. I wasn't going to have to go to the George Washington library and watch the games as I did a year <laughs> ago. Uh, I wasn't going to have to like fake commitments to anything. It was yes. going to be great. But also we were going to do Labor Dave in a very adult-like fashion this year. We had planned on getting a little Airbnb up the road, you know, taking it easy, making sure we had, you know, transportation to and from, and then, you know, sleep in a bed, swim in the river, you don't have to roast at the campsite with 30,000 of your best friends and get all dehydrated. So I was just excited for the, you know, the mature decisions that we were going to make and uh, not to be had. But that said, really looking forward to this weekend. The weather's supposed to be beautiful, family in town. It's just going to be a very bizarre thing. You know, I was down at Stockman's Bar earlier today collecting some money and our good buddy Mike Larson, he's saying, I just can't believe there's not a Grizz game tomorrow. Like I haven't, I haven't accepted that it's not happening. Yeah. But it's not happening. I'm not going to believe it until it's six o'clock tomorrow night, and we didn't go to the Grizz Nothing game. Nothing happened. But yeah. it, it is. It's a. It's a surreal time. But I hope everybody enjoys it because, you know, I mean, you you were in town today. 
there's more traffic going in and out of town. We, you know, Carolyn Chick doesn't know sports. She just sent an, an email saying, "What's going on on I ninety? It's it's bumper to bumper." I think that people, because there's no events to go to, people are getting out and having fun, probably at a higher level than ever. Well, I hope she doesn't get stuck in traffic because she's got to be here to do our show here in about forty minutes. So we got to have uh, Carolyn in here in a little bit. Uh, Colter, let's quickly do a prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. And just quickly for the people, a uh, a relaxation on some of the county policies as it pertains to uh, uh, attendees, fans, spectators at high school sports this fall, particularly in Yellowstone and Lewis and Clark counties. Yeah, but no need to really give you any commentary on this. This is just a straight news bulletin. But earlier this week, Huntley Project decided to uh, basically say to the health department, we are going to make our own regulations if you would like to, for lack of a better word, fight about it. Okay, but we're just going to do what we think is right for us. And the health department said, maybe that is how we should do it. We're going to have county regulations, but the schools, we're going to give you a little bit of autonomy. And so that's what happened in Yellowstone County and Lewis and Clark County. Previously, Yellowstone County had said no spectators. Now they are going to allow a few. It's going to be very similar to the rules in Missoula and Kalispell. Uh, and Lewis and Clark had none. Which is right now two per two player. Per, right. So two tickets available per participating player. Some counties have expanded that to two per player and cheer squad member. Yep. And uh, I know in, in some, at least last we heard in, in uh, Flathead County, or Kalispell, uh, it was two per home team player, but no road team. Also was within the county. But some some uh, counties are just two per, no matter no matter home or away so those are the county suggestions but the schools can actually then in fact have autonomy in 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 what they want but i mean i think that there's prudence involved right i mean if you just went full-fledged you know ten thousand people at dallas stadium in billings i I don't think that's gonna fly yeah but i do think that they're gonna allow you know maybe some more than just two family members things like that so uh interesting and and counties I i haven't actually heard missoula or flathead county say this but we have heard health department officials in both Lewis and Clark County, Silverbow County, which is Butte, and Yellowstone County, which is Billings, all say, hey, these are not season-long suggestions or regulations. This is an evolving situation. So we, we will continue to evaluate and say we get into three, four weeks of the season and things are going okay. Maybe then they can have, you know, a thousand people on the stands. We shall see. Uh, completely worth uh, also just noting tonight, Big day around the state, especially in the Class A level when you talk about football. My uh, The first game of the year for yep. these two teams yep. is a rematch of the state championship game. So call it a, uh, a back-to-back with a long space in between it. But Miles City and Laurel uh, playing in the first game of the year going to be a great matchup and certainly one that we will be uh, paying close attention to throughout the course of this evening. Yeah, Custer County Cowboys, they dominated the state championship game last year. Yes, they did. And uh, Laurel was a team with a lot of juniors led by Eli Abbey, who's a commit to Montana State. Well, now Laurel's the team with a lot of seniors. Custer County, Miles City, they need to replace a bunch of seniors. We'll see how it all goes down. But those are definitely the two best Class A teams on the eastern side of the state and perhaps the two best teams, period, again. Yeah. So that, that's a huge matchup. Also in Class A, Haver, which we had in our top five in the yep. Treasurer State media rankings. I think they finished sixth this week. But we really like Kellen Dietrich, the DN, up there in Haver. And Haver was a semifinalist a year ago. They play Billing Central. Billing Central is always tough. Billing Central is always going to have one or two guys that are among the best athletes in the state, period regardless of classification. So that's a big game, too. And then uh, good showdown in the Bitterroot Valley tonight as well. Clovallis hosting Hamilton. 
The Blue Devils, uh, Corvallis had a strong football program for a long time. They haven't been as strong in recent years, but they got it back going a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they posted a 19-7 win over Stevensville last week. So a good 1-0 start. And now they have a real test because the Bronx are number three. So that would be a good game. I mean, Corvallis can have the home field. We'll see how much that matters with the, the limited ca- fan attendance, but a uh, big game in the Bitterroot tonight, too. Class A is going to be fun this year, man. I think there's a lot of good teams in Class A. I mean, there's only 18 teams in Class A, and I think more of, I think the majority of the teams in Class A are good, and yeah. that's going to make it you know, a fun competitive level. Uh, in the city of Missoula, Loyola is playing their first game of the season. They are on the road at number two Fairfield, so a, a big game right out the shoots uh, for the Loyola Rams. Then Columbus, who is number three, is playing number one Red Lodge. That's a class. Uh, excuse uh, me. I, no, Columbus is unranked. Red Lodge is number, number three. three. Excuse me. And then right. uh, Eureka uh, and is at Townsend, and then Manhattan is playing Florence Carlton. Florence. Uh, not not ranked in the top five, but had a like I think a forty four zero shutout they win last they, they weekend. Did, so that, that'll be a tough test though because Manhattan is, is Manhattan's is great. Good. Yeah, yeah Manhattan's very good. Really good. Manhattan's uh, uh, number three. Excuse me, that's who it is. So there you go. That's kind of the uh, the look at the uh, the evening as it pertains to high school football around the state. And uh, next Tuesday when we get back together, that's right. No show Monday. It's Labor Day. Tuesday uh, we will uh, we'll go through all this with you. It's two telling nuances. This has been your prep extra segment brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907 50 seconds remaining in the first quarter and intended kumpo just misses a free throw so it is 26 26 knotted up the heat and the bucks an absolute gotta have it got to have it game for the milwaukee bucks so uh, we'll keep you posted on that and do maybe some nba against the spread top of the hour coming up right after this hey boys and girls labor day weekend get outside you're going out of town you can maybe you're traveling, going to Missoula, go play some golf. And you can go over to the East Missoula, to the Canyon River Country Club. I'm, go, I'm going on Sunday. You want to go? Canyon River? Yes, I do want to go. Great. 1240. It, see you there. Um, just mark it. Just mark it. I'll find a way. Okay? Great. Uh, you can join Coulter and I in the uh, picturesque setting in East Missoula along the Clark Fork River. It truly is one of the absolute most fun places nicest courses that you can go play and i think pretty clearly the best value around the city of missoula and western montana you're talking about 49 dollars for a round of golf at a championship course perfect setting beautiful spot canyon river golf club you can go online canyonrivergolfclub.com you can get even better rates there if you book online so go check it out spend some time if you haven't been you got to get out if you have been then you know that uh, we do not lie on this show. That's not something we're about. You go to Canyon River, you're going to have yourself a great time. Canyon River Golf Club, and again, online, canyonrivergolfclub.com. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.